This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Well, tonight is supposed to be asked Pastor Shalak. So, um, <laughs> I want to give an opportunity to people to ask questions tonight. And I trust that God will help us to answer some of the questions. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can have your seats. Welcome to Ask Pastor Shola, Season 1. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let me start by saying that how many people have questions tonight? I already know the pattern that it will be very few people, but then as it progresses, it gets difficult to stop. So I'm going to ask the protocol people, come pick up the mics and if you want to write out your question, you are ashamed of your question, you don't want us to know you are the one asking, you can uh, write it. But if you are bold about your question, you can stand to ask. Do they have mics already for the protocol, guys, please? Hallelujah. Glory to God. When Jesus was teaching during his earthly ministry, questions were allowed. In fact, many times, his messages were interrupted for people to ask questions. Hallelujah. So I want to do this tonight. You have a question. Can I see your hand and let's start straight away? Okay. I'm going to start with the brother over there. Can you pass the mic to him? And Now, this is the rule. Be straightforward. Don't, uh, no Bible study, no revelation. Just ask the question. We will understand the background as you do. Thank you. All right? My question is this, sir. Yes, sir. Is there any difference between eternal life, everlasting life, and then... Um, I'd like you, sir, to hear your view about eternal salvation. <laughs> eternal life, everlasting life. Which one do you have? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, they basically mean the same thing. Eternal, everlasting. Eternal means everlasting. So it depends on the version of the Bible that you are using. Some translations will say eternal life. Some will say everlasting life. Whatever is eternal is everlasting. Eternal means no end. Everlasting means no end. So basically the same thing, the same thing. Uh, for eternal salvation, it has been a very uh, hot debate in the body of Christ among theologians, which I don't want to get into tonight because we will never stop. So they've always asked the question, can a Christian lose your salvation? Hebrews chapter 5, or Hebrews chapter 6, or Hebrews chapter 6. Let's start from verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Verse 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms, laying of hands, resurrection from the dead, and of eternal judgments. Verse 3. This we will do if God permit. Verse 4. That's where I'm going. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gifts, 
and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. And have tasted the good words of God, the good word of God, and the powers of the age to come. Next verse. If they fall away, if they fall away, if they fall away, if they fall away, what does that mean? There's a possibility of falling away. To renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucified themselves to themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. First Corinthians 9.26. Let's read. I will just let the Bible now. Whoever, whichever way they want to interpret it, one of them said fall away means that it's just fall back. English and Hebrew. So I run, not as uncertainty. So fight I, not as the one beating the hair. Next verse. But I keep my body, I keep under my body and bring it to subjection. Lest after by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself will be what? Cast away does not look like a good word to me. Again, I lead them to interpret. Whatever it means, cast away. Somebody just said it means that whatever. Now, what makes that topic very interesting is it's very broad. From the fact that a Christian cannot lose salvation, there are those who are saying a Christian cannot even sin. Whatever a Christian does cannot be called a sin. And there are those who are saying that a Christian cannot even be wrong. All kinds of variations. Um, I don't want to go fully into that. But out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every truth. And I think Peter spoke also about a dog going back to his vomit. Again, over and over again. Can lying, adultery, make a Christian lose his salvation? No. Salvation came by believing in Jesus and by confessing Jesus as Lord. If you don't believe in him again and you say it's not Lord, I do not believe that you still have your salvation. What they use the word is, they say is the author of eternal salvation. Salvation itself is eternal. It's like you can give me a bench, a product that cannot perish. You give me. But I have right to refuse, to reject or accept. Did you get what I'm saying? So it is a product that is perfect. Jesus did a perfect job on the cross. This Jesus, so the same way salvation can be re, re, received, it can be rejected. Period. Otherwise, God will be accused of forcing things on people. If I have accepted Jesus and one day I tell him I don't want him again, will he force himself on me? Yeah. So what the, can sinful habits cause a person to lose salvation? No. But when people cease to believe in Jesus and confess that it's not Lord, I do not believe they are still saved. Let's just put it that way. Did you get what I've just said now? Praise the Lord. So, um, so ordinary, this one I've said also now, if they put it on Facebook, some of them will come a show of knowledge. But zero up here. I don't I've seen many of them on Facebook before. It's just that like they've just gone to read some books. They don't have any point, nothing to say. Just a show of knowledge, a show of words, which knowledge that is not even there itself. But let me, but I do know some sincere people just believe that, oh, what God has done is permanent and everything. But then they need to read through all the scriptures I just read through now and give their own interpretation of it. I will stop there. Praise the Lord. Did somebody get, hope I've answered your question. Amen. <laughs> all right, next yeah. Okay. 
Just choose anybody. <laughs> Let me not be the one choosing. To fear the Lord. And what does it take to fear the Lord? Say it again, please. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means to fear him. And what does it take to fear the Lord? The fear of God just means to honor God and hold him in high esteem. That will mean that um, you don't do what he doesn't want you to do. You honor him. And his words are very important to you. Himself is very important to you. You honor and put him in a hallowed position. That is what it means to fear God. Amen. Next. And that's what it takes. You just have to put him in that place, which means when it comes to God, the way you respond, the way you respond, the way you respond when it comes to God, I will say this is off what you have just asked now. If you are not quick to make amends when the Holy Spirit corrects you, his voice will start getting weaker and weaker towards you. So men of faith like Abraham, when he was told to offer Isaac, he woke up very early the following morning. I have seen some Christians, they will eventually obey God, but it takes them time. God tells them to forgive, go and apologize somebody you are wrong. They wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until an event brings When God gives you an instruction, act on it immediately. If you don't, you might lose the benefit that comes with obeying that instruction. Did you get that? It is very important. Amen. If God says, You've wronged somebody, should I apologize? Don't even wait. Pick your phone and call the person straight away. That is how to be more and more, one of the ways to be more and more sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit is to act promptly, is to quickly obey when he gives you an instruction. Let's go on. Yeah. Just on the question you answered previously. Yes, sir. Uh, I want you to explain uh, the scripture which says, working out our faith with fear and trembling. Working out your salvation. Yes, I mean our salvation along the line of if we've been saved, believing Christ, I have, I have, and then sinning, it doesn't have, take away the salvation. Yes, sin. No, see, <laughs> amen. You should just start by saying that how salvation comes by faith in Christ. It can only go by not having faith in Christ. The place of sin is another question entirely. Saying that I am not one preacher that justifies it's not to justify sin. I just answer based on what he asked me. You're coming through a door, you can also go only go out through a door. If there is a door to your city room, if I come into your city room through that door, that is the only door which I can go out also. So if I have accepted Jesus by faith, I can only also reject Jesus by faith. That means I must not believe what I once believed. Because it's not a physical thing. Now, if you're asking a question about Christian and sin, that's a different thing entirely. And that fits more into the second place I read, 1 Corinthians 9.27. I put my body under. He that continues to sin as a Christian will damage his own soul. Now, what is going to happen on that day when we stand before Jesus Christ? We can't say fully. But what the Lord talks more about is the fact that every walk, like if I'm a pastor now, and I'm pastoring with insincerity, People might applaud me. Maybe I'm also caught. The Bible said on that day when I stand before him, my works will be burnt. Your works will be put on a scale on that day. Everything you've done, whether in the choir for a right motive or wrong motive, if your motive is wrong, right before your eyes, all your labor will get burnt. And the Bible says you yourself will be saved, but you'll be saved as true fire. First Corinthians 3. So that is the order. So when it comes to a Christian living in sin, I had a minister who said that um, he's known for attacking pastors. 
And then he said that even if rapture meets you on top of a woman, you will rapture. I consider that as a very, very, very terrible statement for a minister to make. Sin destroys. It destroys. Now, God has offered forgiveness. When a Christian stumbles and he turns to God, he's forgiven. If I is not just being forgiven right there, all it just means is accepting forgiveness that is already available. It's not a justification for a Christian to continue to stumble. When he does that, at a certain time, he will destroy himself. You understand what I'm saying? And then, again, people say that uh, all sin. No, the Bible categorizes sin. Ranked up, there are different types of sin. The Bible talks about sin leading unto death. 4 John chapter 5. And a sin not leading unto death. So there are sins leading unto death. There are sins not leading unto death. John did not define which one and which one. He just said it that there are sins leading to death. And there are sins. So the Bible talks, for instance, now that if you join yourself to an Allah, you become one spirit or one soul with the Allah. And he that joined to the Lord will become one spirit with the Lord. And the Bible says that every sin that a man commits is without his whole body, except for fornication. So the Bible put fornication in another level of sin. Sexual immorality. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about the fact that they were destroyed in the wilderness because of sexual immorality. And Paul said that it's a warning to us. So it is impossible. I have seen some preachers try. So as a matter of fact, I begin to suspect a preacher when he's trying to justify sin. Sometimes it is what is going on in their life. They are trying to find a way to cover. From when I was, I mean, you know, I preach a lot. I go a lot to campuses. I mean, went back one particular time. Somebody has come to teach them all kinds of things. To the extent that leaders are just sleeping with members. And this guy said there is nothing wrong. That that's righteousness. So, <laughs> anyway, I hope I've answered your question. So, what are your salvation? It means that be conscious of the fact that this salvation is an expensive thing. Jesus Christ used his blood and his life. So, we are not called into Christ to begin to live anyhow. And uh, uh, it, it tears me apart. When some preachers are saying that a Christian can do anything, a Christian cannot do anything. Salvation is too precious that when it's in you, you can't live anyhow. As a matter of anybody that is saying he's born again and he continues to live, I doubt what kind of knowledge he has received. Hallelujah. If a Christian sins and your conscience does not prick you, your conscience is dead. By nature, because we are in Christ, once you do something, you will know. And you are supposed to acknowledge, and you are not supposed to keep going back there because anytime you sing, God will forgive you, so I keep doing it, I keep doing it. No. You can actually get to a point where you can put yourself in a position where you might not even be able to receive forgiveness available anymore and wreck your own soul. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you start through the Bible, you are going to say that when God wants a person repeatedly and you continue to do the same thing, destruction will follow. Period. That's the truth. Glory to God. Is somebody with me? Did you hear that? Okay, hope I answered your question. Next. Yes, sir. I like your hair. <laughs> Are you a footballer? <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you very much, sir, for the privilege. My question goes like this. Uh, as a Christian, you normally do the 
the things of God, you study God's word every morning, you used to pray, you know, you like, you do your things according to, to as in the Christian life way. But, in the way, you like, like this kind of, for instance, let me use myself as an example. Now, I like, like the way my hair is now. I like doing something, you know, that defeats me, you understand? Okay. So, Sometimes, sometimes, maybe some people might look at me as if sometimes when I'm playing song with my phone, I used to play Christian music. Some people will just look at me like, ah, are you the one playing that song? I understand. I, I, I so understand. Like, I understand your question. So, where I'm coming from, it's not that I'm living bad life or I'm, I'm doing the normal things I'm supposed to do, but now, the question I'm, I'm trying to ask now, is it that me looking this way, is it that I'm sinning against God or not? <laughs> yes, very good question. I understand you. <laughs> you are not sinning against God. However, let me put it this way that, see, there's what they call, the Bible says that follow peace with all men. <laughs> and the Bible talks about moderation. There are things that you doing them, there's nothing wrong. But when you do them before people, you send the wrong signal and then it can affect them. So that is on that category where... So now, uh, if I come into a service as the pastor now, with my ear called, and then, uh, or if I plate it, actually the older people in the church, some of them will start interceding for me. <laughs> now, I've not done anything wrong by plating my ear. It's just that the, the message I'm communicating, so... In a society, at times, it is called sacrifice. We sacrifice what we love so that we don't offend people. Now, we don't live our lives for people. But see, the more you grow, Paul said to the Jew, I became a Jew, that I might win the Jew. To the Gentiles, I became, when you grow more in Christ, you live by sacrifice. There will be some preferences, some personal things that you like. But for the sake of the brethren, you don't want to do it. So Paul said that if meat will cause my brother to stumble, I will not eat meat. He started by saying that that whole subject matter was based on should a Christian eat food offered to an idol, like there is a celebration of another religion and they bring food to you. Paul first said that number one, idols are nothing. He said to people like God, they don't mean anything. We will chop up very well. He said, but when I see that there's a Christian around and she sees me, ah, this brother Paul, eating a mala, from Shango Shrine and everything. And it's gonna fed that person for the sake of that person, I will not eat meat. So before God, there's nothing wrong with your appearance. But if you see that somehow it's making some people to wonder that is this one, well, if you want to downplay it a little fine. But if you don't want if it's about ear appearance, that one is even small. So it's a, it's up to you. But that whether you are doing something or you are not doing anything wrong. It's okay. Amen. Hallelujah. But I know some Yoruba people, a local community, if you go and preach to them like this, this is how they be looking at you. That, are you the one? And you are not doing anything, but that's the way they, you understand what I'm saying? So, that's, amen. Alright, next. Yes, the sister over there. Okay. No, let him ask. Come back after him. Go ahead. The sister, yes, somebody's around. All right, thank you, Pastor. Yes, sir. So, um, I wanted to ask, um, how do you, how do you um, manage lies in business, especially when it involves um, 
billions of dollars. You know, I mean, how does it conflict with your faith and all of that? Very powerful. Especially when it's very, very, it's, it's, that is your role. You have to do it. Your role is to. It's it, so, it, the person's role is no, to tell. So I understand now. I understand what you're saying. I understand what I'm saying. It's a very powerful question because it's, that's reality. Well, you see, we are who we are. This is why faith is very important to be able to trust God. So many people might not understand the depth of what you have just said now. So you are a believer, and you are the peer to the governor. And he says, tell them we have signed that contract. And he has not signed it, and you know. What are you going to do? I'll give you two scenarios. Or I will look at it from two angles. If you are working under somebody, I know this might sound a bit controversial. It's like, if you are a police officer, and you are a Christian, and your commissioner, you are one of the Eastern Torah, and he tells you to go slap that woman standing. You know it's wrong. But you are under an oath. You have to. If you are a Christian and you are a soldier, and the president sends you to go and execute some people, you cannot say you will not do. Except you are a high-ranking officer that can say, but if you are a recruit, you are to obey the last order. You will not be held responsible by God because you were not the one who did it. You were authorized to. I get what I'm saying. Because a soldier, does, you are not supposed to have an independent mind. You cannot say we are not going. You just obey order. However, there can be a Christian soldier who says that, I don't care if you kill me or jail me, I'm not going to do it. That's very wonderful. So I'm just saying that in some scenarios. So I will give example from the Bible. When Naaman, the Syrian, when he came, Naaman was the captain of the army. Of the, of the king of, his, of Syrian. You know the story very well. That's Second King chapter 5. When Naaman the Syrian came, he said, um, so Elijah prayed and the leprosy disappeared. As he was going, he gave Elisha. Elisha said, I don't want gifts. Then he turned back. He said to Elisha that, now I know. That means he became converted. He said, God is only in Israel. What we are worshiping is just an idol. He said, but sir, I just want to let you know. Today, I have seen the most high and I believe him. He said, however, I am chief of staff to king of Syria. He asked his God that is worshipping. He said, let it be that when he goes to Nisrosh, the house of his God, and is bowing, and I bow with him. I don't believe in Nisrosh. But a king cannot bow, and I'm standing. And Elisha said, go in peace. In other words, God sees your hearts. Do you get what I've just said? So there can be scenarios like that where, sincerely speaking, you might, but when it comes to the integrity of a Christian, now, this is the part that most people might not want to face. At times, we suffer defeat for our faith. We suffer defeat for our faith. Now, when it comes to telling a lie in business, a Christian should not. Yeah. As an individual, if it rests on you only, you should not. But I'm just saying, I started by saying there can be situations beyond you that you are not the one responding. You are not the one. You can't do anything about it. I understand that one. But when it rests on you, stand your ground. Now, you are the owner of the business. Others are getting away by cutting corners and lying. As a Christian businessman, you cannot. And there will be situations where 
you will lose for standing for what is right. But you know what? Whatever you lose, God will give it back to you. It is the truth. So at times we suffer what for standing for what is right. You tell people the truth. Human beings don't even like the truth. So you tell them the truth, you lose some money. It's painful. But God will see to it that you are the company. He will pay you back. No doubt about that. So that's what. Do you get what I've just said now? Now, I have approached it from two angles, like I said. Why it's difficult to take a hard and fast stand is the fact that scenarios are not the same. So I'll leave it that way. Scenarios are. So people will have to tell me specific situation. And then I'll be able to say that, okay, no, no, no. You have to. So that's what I'm saying. Remember what I gave about military now. So that's what I... I remember very well that there was a guy who went to one of these nations, um, Arab nations, one to... His mother was a Christian. And he got converted under the mother. He was the one that was rescuing missionaries, but he didn't. And he was the most trusted by their president to always execute any Christian that comes there to preach. One day, he served as missionary in the car. He deliberately tried to open a document that had his name where his mom wrote a scripture on that. He was trying to use time to show that missionary because they were supposed to go and execute the post as they were going. He was trying to let the guy know that, don't worry, I am with you. But I will do as if I'm with them. I will find a way to let you escape. The man was giving testimony on TB and the missionary that in the car, he just saw that he was trying to show him something. He did as if he was reading it. So he said he saw where they wrote scripture at his mind. He said, this guy must be a Christian. So he just sat there. Now they got to where they were going to execute. He found a way, and then he allowed him to escape. So he's working for that government, and they don't really know who he is. So I said, there are many scenarios. But as he rests on a Christian, if the repercussion is that you are going to lose money, lose friends, please choose the truth. God will defend you. Amen. Thank you. And I've seen tough questions before. Somebody asked me one time that they were going to kill somebody and the lady, the guy was with the lady in the car. And they knew her to be a Christian. These assassins came and they asked the lady, is that man so-so, Mr. So-so? So she said she told them that no. And they walked away. And the man started crying, thank you for saving my life. Then when she got to my conscience was trembling that she told a lie. So he said, a part of her told her, boy, you just saved somebody's life. A part said that, but you lied. I, I will leave it. <laughs> what is the difference between the word of God, the word of knowledge, and the word of wisdom? I, I will take you in a while. Okay, they are both listed in First Corinthians chapter chapter twelve as gift of the spirits. The Bible did not give any definition of any of them. Paul just started by saying that if you believe. He said that uh, anyone who confesses Jesus is Lord is of God. There are uh, um, these are he said these are the kingdom of the spirits and there are and then he started. So one is giving word of knowledge by the spirit. So another one word of wisdom by the same spirit. So another word of and then he went on like that. So no definition given, but according to scholars, word of knowledge is the one that has to do with a knowledge of a present situation. For instance, when Jesus said in John chapter 4 to the woman, you have had five husbands, and the one you are living with is not your husband. That's word of knowledge. When Samuel said to Saul, 4 Samuel chapter 8 and that the donkeys you are looking for, they've been found yesterday, word of knowledge. And there are many more examples like that, word of knowledge. So, 
at times they link into another or some of these they are not exactly disjointed like that so but I'm giving you an example of word of knowledge, word of knowledge. Many of the prophets in the Old Testament operated, Elisha in particular and Elijah operated by word of knowledge many times. So Jesus said word of knowledge many times. Word of wisdom is when the revelation has to do with, so word of knowledge, revelation of present or past. Word of wisdom is when there is a revelation of something to come. So when Samuel said to Saul that when you leave this place, 4 Samuel chapter 10, you are going to meet a band of prophets prophesying, you shall join them, that shall be turned to another man. He was talking about what will happen to Saul, and those were the things that happened. That was word of wisdom, according to many of the scholars. Did you get that? So a revelation, something you cannot know by your mind, that can only be downloaded by the Spirit. If it has to do with a present situation or past, it's word of knowledge. If it has to do with a future situation, it's word of wisdom. Did you get that? Okay. Sister. So my question is for someone that is um that is just getting to know Jesus and knowing the word of God, when you're praying to God, how do you know and when do you know if it is the Holy Spirit that is talking to you or I don't know. Very spirit? good question. It will take time. Thank you. <laughs> it will take time. Um the more you fellowship with God, the more acquainted you get with his voice. But the Bible says in Hebrews four twelve, the word of God is living and out is sharper than it just sword, piercing asunder into division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. The word of God separates soul and spirit. Now, some information will come from your soul. Some will come from your spirit through the Holy Spirit. The more you are familiar with the word of God, the more you are able to separate the two, that this is from my soul and this is from my spirit. It's part of what the word of God does in edifying a Christian. But then, on the other hand also, spiritual growth will enable you to be able to know God's voice, your voice, and Satan's voice. It's a training forever. So, a, a good example, you know, Jesus just said to them that, I'm going to die. Before then, he said, who do men say I am? And that's Matthew 16. And Peter said, that thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed be thou Simon by Jonah. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father. So, in that moment, the Holy Ghost spoke through Peter. Then, they just moved two steps. And Jesus said, I'm going to die in Jerusalem. And Peter said, it shall not be so. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. So, both Holy Spirit and Satan spoke through Peter within five minutes. That can happen. Yes. One of the money, one of the first services in April, we are going to deal with voices in the Spirit. Because all through April 4th service, I'm talking about this spiritual man. That topic is heavy. You don't want to. Amen. Someone that used that topic was Watchman Nee. You will need to be tough to finish that book. There is a book called The Spiritual Man. You must be spiritual to finish it. Most people will read it halfway and stop. You don't. <laughs> so, but what I'm talking about, who is a spiritual man? So I think one of, one of, one of in that situation, we are going to talk about certain things like this. So, did that answer your question? Spiritual growth will help you. The more you get into God's word, the more that change. The word of God will affect that change inside you. Ability to separate the two. It will happen. Alright? So, but as you are, as the person is still growing as a Christian, anything he or she receives, she can ask more mature Christians. I think that's a bailout for a moment. You understand what I'm saying? 
In fact, it's very good that people turn to God and ask questions. Or they turn to older Christians who are word people. You know, I've heard strange things. I will sit on my table and somebody will say something. Immediately, I will know in my spirit that this is not God. As I go around the old world and I meet people, I, I mean, I've seen too many voices talking to too many people. God told me to leave the church. God told me to start. God told me this one. And six months after, I said that they are in trouble. And some of them, when they feel God is in there, so they don't want to listen to anybody. I know what I have. I have a very, very bad habit. Once you say God, a few times, even when God showed me a vision, I refuse to say, I don't run anybody's life. I have never told and I will never tell anybody who to marry or not to marry. You bring the person, we encourage the person to come and eat rice on your wedding day. You have to be exceptionally close to me for me to even be able to say my opinion at all. And even at that, I tell them my opinion does not count. Please go and pray. It's you. But God has created shepherd to guide. But you know that our job can be very difficult. So even when you tell them the truth, they hate you, they, they walk away. Yeah. I know all over the body of Christ, several people. God didn't call them. Their wife called them. I told you some, they called God. Well, they didn't call them on time. They called him. You know, in a church, they will get angry. And, hey, when we get to marry, we talk about this. Women who incite their husband. Last year, when I was in a meeting with Pastor Benny, there was a session that only eight of us were with him. I don't know how they called me to be in that kind of meeting in, in, in Texas. Just December last year. I mean, the PA just called me and said, well, I, 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 mean, I felt highly honored. And for four hours on one table, I was looking at this bending I've been seeing all my life on TV, and he began to pour. And he, one of the things he told us, he said, look, anybody, any marriage where the woman is in control, don't make them a leader in your church. He said, you will regret it. Because the woman will live through the man. And Joyce May has said the same thing. I've heard it from different people. Yes. You know, so when they get home, they begin to feed their husband with things. They are the ones that will remind the man that he was not greeted properly in church. Things they didn't notice on it. So you are putting fire in the man. Putting fire in the man. I know women protect their territory. But do not do it in a negative way. Yes. Really. You know, you know I, 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 I love everybody. I don't complain. <laughs> I only need to sit to do for two, one or two hours. I can tell between you and your wife who is in control. And there are many families, is the woman. So she's the one that comes up with, and then she begins to nag the husband into ministry. You are called. I, I never heard that. Okay, I'm telling you now, now, now. This is the call. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, I'm just saying that. It's, it's important to. But I've seen voices. Voices. God told me to leave this girl to go and date this one. And God now, it grieves me when people use God. To perpetrate what is in their hearts. You've been dating lady for now. You are seeing another beautiful one in choir. If you want to break up, break up. But don't use God. As I was praying, believers like that, I started sensing. You know, the, we have those words sensing that relationship should end. You are lying. You have found a better girl. See. Even though we will be angry what you have done, at least in heaven they will reward you for sincerity. Come on, I thought she was fine until I saw Tokwe. Now I'm going for Tokwe. 
It's a bad thing, but at least you are honest. But to now add God on top of your error. So, you know, as, as I was praying, my heart just started, you know, and then I went to God in prayer, and then God said to me, she's not the one. Let's, <laughs> amen. Thank you, nice. Thank you. Okay, yes, sir. I will take uh, after, all right. Check. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. Go on. Okay, I wanted to ask, um, how many spiritual gifts are there, really? Because um, I've seen several people say seven, some say nine, and some say twelve, or maybe there are more. Then the second one is, um, should spiritual gifts be taught or learnt? Maybe from the church, you know, like, I want to learn how to speak in tongues. Likes. Okay. Very good question. I'll start with the second one. I think let the Bible answer the question. First Corinthians chapter 12. Let's start from around verse 4. I think it's a direct answer. It cannot be learned. You can be trained on how to use them. You can be trained on how to develop them more. But you cannot be taught it, like given to true. No. Go to verse 5. There are, okay, let's start from 4. Sorry, 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirits. Next verse. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. Number one, he said there are diversities. That means there are different types of gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. Now, even in one gift can manifest in different ways with individuals. So, the Bible says there are differences of administration. That means there are many gifts, even when you take one of the gifts. How it is administered by this might be different how it is administered by this person. Next verse. We answer the question. There are diversity, but the same God which worketh in all. So again, they don't operate the same way. Number one, they don't, you don't administer them the same way. They don't even operate the same way. Two prophets might not operate the same way. Next verse. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. Next verse. And I think I will stop here. For to one is given by the Spirit. By who? So, the Bible didn't say to one is given by teaching. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives. And the Bible says it distributes as it wills. So you can't even say, Lord, this is what I want. Well, you can pray about the particular gift. If God wills it, he can give you. But primarily, it is as God wills. He can look at this brother and say healing gift. I look at this brother and say prophecy. It, the Holy Spirit just says, ah, I want to manifest through him. It's true healing. For this one is prophecy. And the Bible says the Spirit is the one that does as he wills. You know, he knows you more than you know yourself. So he knows the best gifts. And you know what? A person can actually operate all the gifts. Now, how many gifts are there? The first, hope I've answered the second question. So, the first question, how many gifts? We don't know. The Bible says there are diversities of gifts. But Paul listed nine here. So he said there's what is called word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of faith, gift of healing, design of spirit, workings of miracle, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. That looks like nine. So nine are listed there. Now, if they can be broken further, I don't know. But those are the nine listed there. 
Now, you made reference to one word about people being taught how to speak in tongues. People can be helped to speak in tongues, but they are not. It is the spirit that gives utterance. People can only encourage them to speak out the utterance giving. But no man can give anybody utterance. I have seen really uh, people try in the name of helping people to put words in their mouth. I believe that after that you also become the Holy Spirit in their hearts. Because you cannot really put words in people. When you pray for people, you sense their noise. You can encourage them, please speak out the word the Lord is giving you. I don't think we should do beyond that. By saying, say, Kalisko, say it, say it. No, no, no. So, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody bless. Okay. <laughs> is it possible to have a crisis free life as a believer? Will there ever be a time when we'll stop going through challenges as a believer? No. Thou shalt go through. <laughs> Jesus said, In this one, shall have tribulation. He said, But be of peace, I have overcome the world. But it also has to do what's your definition of crisis? We are in a war zone. We fight. That's why the Bible says you put on the whole armor of God. It's not for decoration. Because constantly we fight. So that's the way it is. It's not to tolerate sickness or poverty. But you see, if somebody is not slandering you, it is not happening. There will be many fights we fight every time. Every time. As soon as we overcome one thing, another one will show up. We overcome one thing, another one Just keep winning. That's the most important thing. Amen. There will be freedom when we all get to heaven. Well, a day of rejoicing. Uh, so till then, it's like some people don't like what I just said. Now, you want a free? <laughs> if you want a free, go to heaven tonight. <laughs> you will, you will have no tribulation there. Yeah, enjoy the battle and keep winning. That's it. Amen. If I want to sit down, you want some people come and hit you. Just enjoy every part of it. That's what I say. Count it all joy. So people just don't see crisis. Count it or joy. God can give you a job and after a while you lose it. Begin to rejoice because there is something greater coming. That's all. You know, before we came here, we had tried to pay for a vendor. So people took before us and even after confessing and studying, I, I don't know how to use, spend time to entertain Satan by looking, you know, and not looking and you're like, ah, what is going on? No, you know, I don't know what is. No. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. Learn to enjoy your life every day because victory is on your side. Okay. Yeah. Is that goodness or mercy? That is goodness, sir. Goodness. Okay. You guys are so identical. Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, sir, thank you. Um, there's a lady that just finished her NYC. Okay. And she's pressured by her mom, her dad, and demands um, parents to get married urgently. So the short story is that the guy. Hope you are not the lady. No. Okay. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. The 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 short story is that the guy trained her from her secondary school through her university, and I've she... seen that movie before. After the same love in Africa, my dear, but go on. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Go on. And, and she mentioned that um, during her early days in secondary school, he requested for her um, virginity, and the act has been continuing since throughout her to this period. So now she doesn't want to get married anymore, but everybody's saying that she have to marry him. Uh, so what would your advice be? You don't, you don't have to marry anybody. 
marriage is a choice. And when it comes to making choices, nobody can lord it over you. So what I would say to her, she doesn't have to. There will be pressures. Number one, I know truly that kind of situation, it happens for readers. So people from when a lady is young, they contribute to everything. And then the name of the father, it's even a practice in certain societies, even in Nigeria up to now, that they can, the guy can come and meet the girl when she's 11 and begin to pour money to the parents and do everything and start saying that I want to marry her. What does 11-year-old girl, what does she know? She becomes 25 and she sees that I don't even like the guy. She has a choice. Under pressure, marry and live a life that you are never happy. Or you want to honor your word. Or you want to uh, think about it and be like, look, guy, if I need to pay you back, I'll pay back for all you have done. But do, I think where we should start from is that parents should stop encouraging people to start donating things because they want the girl. Let the girl grow up enough to be able to... So, for me, I don't believe in somebody marrying somebody because of whatever. It's like the case of, I have, a, a guy has woke up to me before that, look, I got this girl pregnant and now we have a child, but we are not married. And after a while, we just don't like each other. And I, I noticed truly, as in they are like arc enemies. The day he called the girl, her mouth was as sharp. Imagine before they almost begin a fight. Obviously, no love between them, but the family kept saying that because she has a child for you, even their former children. And I said, no. Somebody having a child for you is not equal to you must marry the person. You marry because you love a person and you have chosen the person to live the rest of your life with. If the person is not like that, whatever might have happened is regrettable, but it does not mean. I know this will happen because it can be painful. Some girls have been, this is why, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we'll go back to right teachers. There's a way a guy would have used a girl that the girl will feel useless if she doesn't marry the guy. All her life, she's going to cook for the guy's family. He has enjoyed her more than even a married man. And at the end of the day, he says, well, he doesn't want to marry her, and then she wants to die. That's why I usually encourage ladies that don't make yourself too available. Bible speaks against sex before marriage, number one. But even beyond that, going to someone's house day and night and uh, they are doing naming, you are not yet married, you are the one that the, the fire is entering your eyes, you are cooking, and all those things. Why, why, why are you subjecting? If nobody in the family will respect you again, now they are picking their phone, they are calling your guy. That you see, I have a function, tell your uh, girlfriend to come. They've turned you to, and you are a graduate to a pharmacy, and this is what you do from house to house. So he has five siblings. Anyone that's doing party, you are the one they will call. And no matter the party they defend, another person doesn't come, you are the one. When you don't show up, they have a problem with you. Build your life in such a way that there's no family function I don't go for that nobody questions. Nobody, I am the youngest, and it doesn't matter. Deliver yourself on time. And there's nobody that can ask my wife to show up in any function. If I want to go, if I'm there, I'm there. If she's not coming, she's not coming. And I don't give any Where's your wife? She doesn't want to go. She's at home. Get angry. I don't understand. That, that's it. Must she come? What is she doing at home? She's watching premiership. Say, man, you fan. If you're angry, you're angry. You should be glad that me, I'm here. Why should I drag her along? If she doesn't want to come, she doesn't want to come. 
I don't even code it for people who have rugby. Where is your wife? She's at home. Oh, she wants to rest. That's all. Me, I am here. I'm the one who is interested in your party. So I'm the one here. I can now carry rice to the house. <laughs> you know, many people live in bondage. Ah, you know, let me tell you the truth. Set yourself free once and for all. They will talk about it A2 for a while. But after time, everybody will get used to your style. That that is who you are. That's all. You know, it has reached a point now that they don't even send that shabby to me for any reason again. If you say that shabby is 70 k, I would rather give you 150 and I will not buy that clothes. I'll give it to do yourself. So if I call for the party, so I'm not coming because I'm not wearing a shabby, I don't want to wear what you are, all of you are wearing. I can buy for my mom and my dad. Me, I will come there with what I already have, what I wear on Sundays, which I consider finer. Honestly, I cherish liberty. I don't know why people live in bondage. You are afraid of everybody, afraid of things, and that you are tied to every time somebody calls in the family. And God has even blessed you. Good year, you, you are to honor all the people before you, but they are not to control you. They are not to control you. Yes. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that is it. All right. Yes, sir. What will make one get to heaven? Is it just by declaring you as your Lord and Savior or the works of salvation? When we go and get to heaven, <laughs> live a life that is compatible with your faith. We shall all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. That's what the Bible says. What would Jesus say to us? We don't know fully, but the word reveals. But the fact is that the Bible demands that we live right according to the faith that we have received. There are fruit of the Spirit. There are conducts of a Christian. They are listed in the Bible to walk in law, to walk in purity, flee fornication, flee sexual immorality. The Bible says that outside are dogs and those who tell lies. It's Revelation chapter 22. So we maintain the truth. We live right. You see, people don't know that they have power over sin to say no. Sin deceives people. And people begin to live in fear. You commit it because you live in fear. You are above any sin. There's no sin that can drag a Christian down. Usually people allow it and rise up one day and say no to a lifestyle of iniquity. It doesn't fit you. Make up your mind that there's no secret in your life. There's no secret. There's nobody in the office that does not have access to my phone. I don't have any secrets. I don't keep anything. And people who live with me in the house also, the same thing. And from my university days till now, everywhere I've lived, I don't lock my door. I don't have a special where you lock. I just don't believe it. So live a life that is transparent. I have nothing to hide, so I have nothing. I don't have any password or any phone. I don't, know how to, I don't have any password or any phone or anything. Because I don't have anything in my life to hide. Nobody can say there's nobody that can call me and my heart will be filled with fear. What would they say? Because I, do, I have not done anything that I don't want anybody to know. Isn't that true liberty? Are you with me? Yes. It gives you freedom. And like I said, I remember, see, at times you might appear to have lost a little. At the former venue, a guy walked up to me, I had a tattoo here. He came from Dubai. He bought a very fantastic range and was even telling me that if I was interested. 
Then he said, I want to give every money to the church. I said, well, you don't need to tell me that you want to give. People give offering in church. They pass away. I said, why are you in my office telling me that you want? So he said, ah, this kind of money is not the time you drop in office. That this is heavy money. That I said, okay. Every money is just a matter of transfer and writing a check. By the time you attend the pastor, it means that no matter you want me to start respecting and honoring you or there's something, I just fired the right question. I said, so what do you do? He said, I work with the white in Dubai. And he told stories and stories. When if I said, sir, you know you've not answered my question. I did not ask you about the people you were working with. I said, what do you do is different from who do you work with? Then he told more stories. And then he left. From that day, never came back to church again. He just said, you can't have your way with this one. I suspected money laundry, actually, which has happened to many ministers. Then they say they have caught one person, then your mind is up, and then you cannot sleep. Cherish your peace. Do you know there are deals that can break open and that you can't even eat? That's why you will know that it's a blessing to be able to eat. You are complaining about what you are eating. Some are even abusing that you are eating too much. Yeah, it's not good to... May you not get to a point where you now start valuing food. To be able to sleep is a blessing. Many cannot sleep. Some out of wickedness, some out of sickness. Many can't sleep. But you get to a point, you throw away your shirt, you are gone. And then even your, your, your brother is complaining that you snore too much. They don't know that it's a blessing. That you can close your eyes whenever you are, whenever you want to, and sleep. So many people cannot sleep. And every time power changes hand in the country, the peace of some people will disappear. This one, some people will die with a certain kind of defending him or whatever. I don't belong to anybody, but some, it's not because they, it's because they feel like this one will cover, because they know that once another government comes in or something like that, it, is, it has been in the country. So every four years, some people live in attic. Because the moment somebody else comes in, they can lose all their properties in one day. Is that a life? And you know what? No matter people like that run their task, eventually, what will come, will come. Is the truth. Hallelujah. Okay. Yes. I'll take... Can I take two more? And then... Uh, <laughs> I've answered this one. Yes. Okay. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Good evening, yes, church. Um, sir, sorry to take you back a bit. Um, it's a question that has been bothering me. And um, when I want to minister the word to someone and I fix my nails, the first thing they look at is my nails and they say, no, as long as you're, you're fixing nails, you can't preach to me, go away. How do I come in? Do cut I your, just leave? Cut your nail. <laughs> it's very simple. Either you cut your nail to be able to assess them or... Maybe they are not your target. Maybe they are. Maybe you should move to some other people. Okay. Because it has many ramifications. That's the truth. That, that's the truth. That's why even if you wear a collar or something, you can't preach to them. To them, they don't believe you are a Christian. Then there are people that once a woman wears trousers, they cannot accept your gospel. So at times we have to be sensitive to them. But then when you are going to preach to them, then don't wear anything that will offend them. Maybe when they grow more in their faith, they will understand later. But for that moment, wear skirts and let it be very long. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, sir. Please, I am two more, sir. Please don't be angry. Um, I'm not angry. Um, go sorry. on, go on. Just go on. Go on. Um, my boss sometimes tell me, tell that visitor that I'm not around. 
And how do I come in and tell him, Oga? Because there are some times where we argue over <laughs> over him tell, asking me to tell lies to his visitors. I don't know how to manage it. Sometimes we argue about it, but I don't want to lose my job, sir. What do <laughs> tell I do? the visitors that they said I should tell you that they are not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to give a, a strong answer on that one, but all I know is this. At the end of the day, eh, those who sin with you will sin against you. I will tell you a scenario that I saw in a particular school I once attended. The guy was begging in the example. This guy, true life story. I witnessed this. Don't let me. If he was whispering the example, you know I don't know. Are you not a Christian? Help me now. You know, and the person actually passed the answer to him, and he thanked the person very well. Was some weeks after that, the boys in the class were misbehaving. And they were saying, this lady that passed, just told them that, but that's a terrible thing for a person to say. Where's the fear of God? And the guy, the same guy, the, well, where was the fear of God when you passed the answer to me? I said, I beg, stop doing over righteous, and went on. Then I saw the other side, it was our head girl then. She might probably watch in the service now. She's my, she, she, she used to stand on her. And then one day the guy was saying that one of some one, one guy started with another's joy. She's over to your own is too much. I don't see other Christians who are kind. You are just any small thing. Uh, God does not want it. Well, you see, one day we wrote Yoruba, Yoruba SSC paper. We wrote Yoruba last. So the boy sat somewhere in one corner, about 12 boys, and they were talking. They were analyzing all of us, they were so called Christian in our sex. And when they got to this head girl, all of them said that that one, oh, ah, that one is a Christian. Then they mentioned this one that used that they, they used to call nice. And they started talking. Uh, that one. Uh, the girl, yeah, she they compromised once in a while. They said that. But they said this head girl. I said that one is a Christian. But see, you might people might get angry when you stand for what is right. But see, when you are not there inside them, everybody has conscience. They know that choosing not to lie is the right thing to do. So what I will say is that what is the best way? Win your boss to Christ and he will stop asking you to lie. Have a conversation with him. Sir, I, I, I'm a Christian. I cannot lie. If you have found my job beautiful, do you know that that is almost equal to Daniel also being told to bow? Shedra, Meshach, and Abednego. And they refused to. So, they could have bowed and nothing could have happened in Bible. They would have spared them. But then it will shut the door. They will not be able to proclaim Jehovah as Lord. So they stood their ground. So that is it. Have a conversation with your boss. All right. Sir, please hope you won't be unkind. I'm not angry. That's the last one. He's already said that. Just make it brief, okay? Yes, sir. Is it possible for you to speak in tongues and understand it? Yes. Understand what you are saying, why you are speaking it? It is is possible. Thank you, sir. There are two types of tongues. Remember that in the in that, those gifts listed, they talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues. There is tongue as a prayer language. You might not be able to interpret that one, except you also granted grace. So when we start praying now, many people start praying in tongues. That is prayer language. There is also tongue as a gift. That one, not every Christian has it. Just like not every Christian, not everybody is giving word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Every Christian is given prayer language of tongues, but the gift of tongue is also select. It just selected people. Okay. 
All right. It's always the gift of tongues that it will always need interpretation because you're actually making an utterance in the spirit that must be interpreted. Yes. I'll take one more. Elisa. What should I take? This is what happens every night. I'll see many answers. Okay, sir. Elisa, my question is that as a Christian, is it a job you call for you should answer? Because as an example, one of my friends came to me that is a Christian church, also a workers in church. And the job is a, is a is a caterer. They call him that he should come and prepare food. The those um, idol worshiper, the Ogun people, he should come and prepare food for them. And as a Christian, he asked me that ah, uh, guy, should I go for this job? I understand. They did ask him to come and worship the Ogun now. In service, no, is a Christian. That's right. If a service, if you are a Christian and you are a doctor. You don't only treat Christian, do you? So if Ogboni comes to your hospital and is sick, you have to treat him. That's what I'm saying. That is it to cook for them or to come and worship their God? If it's to cook for them, it's rendering a service. Other people that you render service for, do you know where they are coming from and where they are going to? That's none of his business. If it's a good caterer, give them food. Okay, so if you are manufacturing t-shirts and people take it to Bukanian's meeting or to a courting meeting, your t-shirts, but you are the producer. So are you going to stand like that and be asking anybody that wants to buy t Sorry, if I sell it to you, where will you wear it to? <laughs> or somebody comes to you and he says, we need 300 pieces of your t-shirt. It's not your business what they want to do with you. What you are doing is legal and it's biblical. Give them the t-shirt and collect your money. But whatever they do with it, so that is it. Many, all the houses that occult people are using in Lagos, they belong to somebody. You are not supposed to be asking, if they want to rent a house and they fulfill the terms of the house, rent and everything, whatever they do. So, okay, it's like also that you are the landlord of the house and you have a tenant. Who fulfill all the, and then you have signed a contract together. It can begin to drink in your house. I, I'm not going to ask a tenant that is drinking. That is, no, I don't want alcohol in my house. It's no more my house. That is why God has left Satan until now. He is the God of this world. Until the least expires that God gave. Adam gave him. You understand? The moment you sign that contract and you give the key to the person, the house is yours, but for that moment, that period, it's no more. So you are not responsible for what... Even under illegal said, neither a police officer and arrest you for the person keeping some stuff. It is the person residing there. Because now... It belongs to him. So services, no, there's nothing wrong. If they want to have a party, all they want him to do is cook rice. That is his job. Cook rice and give them. As long as you are not going there to worship Obu, even if they ask you to come and serve it, you'll serve rice and you'll leave. That's all. It's, it's funny they hard to like it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, um, the job is clean. The request is clean. Don't look at the people. Look at what you are doing. You are not breaking any rule in the Bible, and you are not breaking any federal law by being a caterer cooking for people. So that is it. So if they ask the caterer to lie about something, it's a different ballgame. Or now they ask the caterer to come and supply every alcohol and you know as a Christian you don't take a call, then that's a different thing. But if you like they ask you to make a mala and write that they want to do a party 
and they are good worshippers, or even if they are Satan worshipper. It's, um, <laughs> if you are the one manufacturing these seats, and some people want to buy 1,000 pieces from you, I say, what do you want to say? Ah, we just built a church of Satan, and want to say, ah, Peter! <laughs> that in, in Jesus' name, I'm not... <laughs> you are selling a chair. It's not your responsibility where they carry to. I know many people will probably what I've just said now, but that is the truth. It's not your responsibility where all the things you are selling, other things you are selling, do you know where they take them to? So you sell palm oil in the market. When people come to buy, do you know what they go to do with what they just bought from your shop? It's not your business, so you don't know. Amen. All right. Last person, our time is up. <laughs> what can I do to make my husband pray? It's sad, and I have talked calmly and otherwise still. The same result. He has no spiritual authority over the family. I am con- the family I am confident in. What can I do? Pray for him and keep talking with him. Uh, you're already married to him. It's, this will always come with any lady that marries a guy who does not so much cherry the things of God. You will suffer this pain. You will want to, the family to go and the man will continue dragging his feet. You just have to keep loving him. And hopefully, I have known in my spirit strong one that a man is your partner. But due to genital differences, we are not compatible. We both went our separate ways. But knowledge still remains in my spirit that is my partner. What should I do? It's going to be a personal work. A doctor in this church, AAS, married a lady. AS. The lady's mom came to see me. She didn't like it. She told me they were planning to marry then. The pastor, this marriage should not go on. He mentioned them. I said, this girl of all people should know that he's a doctor. Why are they? And he said that I think the father of the girl, I don't know, said they once had a, a one SS child. And the trauma they went through. That was why the mom. And I told the mom one thing that interestingly, the doctor, all of us were not married then. Then I just go then the doctor, when he came to Lagos, he stayed with me. Where nine all of us. I think you stay with me a little also about Papa Joshua. All of us in one apartment in Oregu. I just got a place. Everybody was living with me. Now, I noticed something about the guy's faith. When he came to Lagos, he actually said, I will not pay a dime for apartment. God will always take care of me. So he stayed with me first. Then the hospital where he was treating on Awolor Road, they gave him three, three bedroom flats. Then, every time he declared something, I saw what he wrote on his wall. So he was living in, I, I was living in a two and a half bedroom flat. So the half, that was where, yeah, there was a place they call a room. It was not a room. So he was always there praying, doctor, so he write something. So I saw everything he wrote that they came to pass, he said. So I told the mom that this one, if he says they will never have SS child, I believe him. I have seen his fate in other areas. So now there are three kids and none is SS. So, in his own case, I assured the mom, I said, mommy, don't worry, that I know this guy. If he says that God has assured him, what I don't know about some other people is that, see, don't start your faith from what will kill you. Even David started with lion and the lamb. See, don't just go and say that this is where you are starting from. Start. Try some other. Let God be with you in many things. It will build your confidence. Now you get to the point. You know that 
when your mind, when your spirit is calculating something this way, you never miss. So when the same impression is coming at this matter, no. You can tell people that go sleep, don't worry. Because you've experimented times without number. But if you go and hear one bogus voice that you have never heard before on a critical issue like marriage, brother, so that is what I will say about that one. Pray about if you are sure that God is telling you the nudging is very strong, you are very, very sure. Well, it's possible. Otherwise, please. Um, when it comes to Jonathan, it's a matter of faith. If your faith is very strong and you truly believe what you are saying, it will be unto you according to your faith. Last question. I'm sorry, the rest. We'll do this again next month. It's going to be last Wednesday of every month now. So let me just take the sister last and then we. Yes, ma. Yes, ma'am. How do I feel the Holy Spirit? How do I know that the Holy Spirit is in me? Just believe that it's in you. It's by faith. Feelings. God does not attach much importance to feelings. As a matter of fact, it is when you don't give attention to feelings that feelings will come. I don't want to feel anything before praying for the sick. The testimony that they read two Sundays ago from UK, it was after the service that I was just shaking hands and gisting with people when this lady came. I remember very well. I was greeting a member who she's married to a white husband and they brought their child to me. I said, oh, this is wonderful. That many times is, what you see is the woman is white, the man is black. Or so I said, your own case, the man is white. And the woman is, and I was just said, and then this other couple just came and told me the child that she was having seizures and that they've gone to different hospitals and they wrote a list of things wrong with the child. I didn't feel anything. I just remember that Jesus said in my name and I put my hand on the child. But look at what they went back to the same hospital and they could not find any one thing. Then I know when I've been praying for it, the girl just said again that we've been trying to locate to Canada, they are not signing our papers, and I said, Can I have they brought document? I just put my hand on that and they said, By the time they were ready less than eight weeks. What should take over two years? God is mighty. But there are moments when I feel a signal in my hand. But I've learned that signals are not important. I just obey or practice the word. So the Holy Ghost lives in you because the Bible says he lives in you. If you believe it, after a while, you start seeing the manifestation. Yeah. I don't look for manifestation, but I see it at times. But I've never looked for it. The first three years of my speaking in tongues, it looked as if I was the one forming the word. Satan sat on my neck and kept in my wall. You, you are the one saying those things. Because some of my other friends of mine, when they got baptized, only go, they were on the floor. There was one that could not speak English again. So you will see the supernatural stop. It just never happened to me. Like I told you before, I thought I was possessed because I, I could not fall under anointing. I was going to meet it to go and fall. Lord, let me fall. So I'll close my eyes very well. That and they will put and I say, what is going on? All my friends, one day when they meet, I just opened my eyes. Everybody was on the floor. I'm only killing Moshe. I felt bad, but see, I didn't know that God was training me. And at the end of the out of the friends, I was actually the teachers' praise, spiritual fellowship, and I was elected as president. And I never felt anything. Some of them will be praying, and they are not. You could tell. There was one, his hand would be so heavy that if you touch it, you will fall down. But I didn't have any of those signs. 
So I was surprised when Andrew Woman started saying the same thing, that he doesn't feel anything. Yet, go and read testimonies. Chair Osborne said the same thing. That when I want to preach the Ecclesiastes, I think about the love of Jesus and miracles all over. No feeling. I told you what happened. When the Chair Osborne came to Benin City, they, they went to their um, shrine. That rod will only come out maybe once in I don't know how many years. And if they should point the rod to you, become ceramic immediately. They brought it out and pointed at Chelos. But he did not even know they were pointing out. He was preaching. The rod broke into two. The guy ran away. That was the end of that rod. Chelos was preaching. The guy, their chief priest came. He pointed it. A power broke the rock into two. And the guy went on his own and ran away. And Chelos was just preaching. He was not even aware. I love God. He didn't even know that anything was wrong. It was later the guy got converted and came to confess. And the rod was no more in the past. They couldn't get it back to the shrine gate. He got destroyed the crusade ground. And the man did not even feel. Maybe they were to act it in African magic. Don't, fire will come from that rod. Then fire will come from TLOs. And then it will shake, it will shake, it will shake, it will shake. Then go. Then the battle will end. <laughs> if they were to ask David Goliath, the first stone will base. Then Goliath will come. Then that sound will play. Then second stone. Then turn stone, then to remain one stone, then maybe we lift it up. <laughs> oh Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> Let's rise. Glory to God. <laughs> Is someone blessed tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Our faith is in the name of the Lord. Our faith is in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, I'm with you at all times. Whether you feel it or you don't feel it, it's with you. Just always lift up your hands and always thank you for being with you. That's what matters. It's with you at all times. You might not see him. If he needs you to see him at any time, you will. But when you don't, don't bother yourself about it. It's not necessary. It's with you. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. You know, I feel like praying everybody here, if you are weary in any way, and there are things disturbing you. Lift up your hands. I just want to pray that the living water of God will flow through your soul. That it will show you wisdom. Show you way to get out of it. It will direct your path. It will order your steps. Whatsoever that troubling matter is. In the name of Jesus, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. They flood your soul right now. Not only they flood, they show you the way out. That all of a sudden, the test is turned to testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Glory to God. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.